0: Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michaud. And today we're going to be talking about the new moon solar eclipse in the second decade of Taurus. Uh, I am joined here today by my good friend Hannah Kuhari. How are you doing today, Hannah?
1: I'm doing good. It feels very springy over here.
0: Yeah, I, I, I love Taurus season. So it's one of my favorite, favorite times of the year. Uh, and I'm excited about that some of the changes that might be coming up here for us. Um, so, if all of you out there are feeling uh, good, uh, let us know where you're coming from here in the chat. Uh, I see Remco is stopping in from the Netherlands. Um, I think we're, as far as the feeling good part, there's always some some mix, a mixed bag around eclipses, right, Hannah?
1: <laughs> 100%. Yeah,
0: yeah. so we, we might be feeling the d- drained a little bit before we get renewed um, on Saturday here or uh, Sunday, depending on where you're at in the world or, or whatnot. Um, but yeah, if you're joining us, just joining us, let us know where you're coming from. Taria is stopping in from Finland. Uh, uh, Manu is here from Sweden. How you doing, place of stillness? Um, always enjoy seeing people stopping in in the chat. Um, if you're just joining us here, do me a huge favor. Uh, hit that like button. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel. If you want to make a material donation while we're talking today, there's a little dollar sign called a super chat or a super sticker, and that really helps us out. Um... So, Hannah, you are an astrologer that is located now. I know you're you've been moving around a little bit. Where are you at and tell us more about your um your services.
1: Sure. Yeah, I'm currently located in the Kansas City area, although I'll be relocating to Omaha, Nebraska sometime in July, maybe August. We'll see. We're building a house, so a lot of it is just uh, when when the uh, when the house can be done. Um, but Midwest, born and raised, and um, yeah, I'm a I'm an astrologer, and I'm also a psychic medium, and um, I feel like I have kind of a unique approach to working with astrology, as well as more on the esoteric and kind of spiritual side. But You know, I'm a Gemini North node, so all the learning for me, I definitely am an an eternal student and um, love getting the opportunity to chat with you. So thanks for having me back.
0: Yeah, you're my eclipse go-to. I think you're like my, (laughs) I think whenever I've gone into crisis, I'm like, oh God, Hannah, I got to talk to Hannah. (laughs) Because I think you were my guest for the last new moon solar eclipse, right? Was it the, or was it the full moon? I can't remember. I think it was the new moon.
1: It was the new moon. Well, was it? Yeah, it was the Sagittarius eclipse. Yeah, about
0: six months ago or so. And, yeah. um, you know, always enjoy our chats. Uh, so I'm seeing um, Raven. Thank you for joining us from the Midwest. You know, Hannah and I were talking earlier about uh, our respective football loyalties. If, you, if you're if you watching in video today, you can see I've got my Green Bay Packers uh, shirt on today because today is what I affectionately dub football Christmas. Uh, AKA the NFL draft. And if you have a really analytical mind like me, you really enjoy all the possibilities of like new players and analyzing statistics. And Hannah is a Vikings fan. So (laughs) we'll we'll forgive her today. Um, No, it's, it's, it's great. As, as I was telling Hannah before we got on here, if you're from the Midwest and you grew up in like a sports family You just can't help it the loyalty that comes through that is is important and there's like this mutual respect, even if you're a fan of a rival team and it's all in good fun, you know, for me, it is, you know. Yeah. All right, so thank you amber for the super sticker I really appreciate that I love the little jumping uh, jumping jacks person we have going on there in the chat box. Uh, Raven is coming here from KC. Uh, Oh, she's asking uh, Casey, Missouri or Casey, Kansas.
1: Oh, I'm Missouri.
0: Missouri. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, And then Lynn is joining us from Vermont. Welcome Lynn. All right, Hannah, anything you've got coming up in the, in your, um, in your hopper as far as astrological offerings before we get started here?
1: So nothing new astrologically speaking, but um, I do read the Akashic Records and that's something that has been a real pillar to my business um, and something that my clients really seem to love. And I actually took a step back from doing a lot of that to um, focus more on my studies and a lot of my one on one clients. Um, but with this eclipse energy, I've really felt the nudge from my guides to reopen up those sessions. So I do have spots that I've filled for May, but I will be opening my books for June, um, in a couple of weeks. So if you're interested in exploring the Akashic records with me, um, be sure and get on my email list. I know you'll probably link that stuff at the end, but, um, that's the best way to kind of keep in touch with what's going on with me and timing for all of that
0: very cool and your website again is divine sky mystic is that right uh, yes dot com okay divine sky uh if you want to explore the akashic records with hannah that is a good place to start that sounds very cool that sounds like a very cool offering it um is. i'd be wow. interested in, in checking some of that out that'd be neat yeah uh all right so we've got uh, alfay weatherly is joining us from arizona hello there and henry harrison welcome henry good to see you back here um, Manu says, "How when you say the Vikings fan, I think of Ragnar and Rollo <laughs> sailing west. I guess it's a geographical bias." Yeah, Manu is joining us from uh, Scandinavia, so the Vikings has a different <laughs> connotation totally. where they are. So, well, uh, I'm
1: I'm I'm 50 percent Norwegian, and I still have family in Norway. And actually, yeah. the mascot from my high school was. Was re- was a
0: Ragnar, so very cool. Yeah, I'm actually I actually have Norwegian uh, ancestry too. The, the, the Thorsons were uh, my family line from Norway. So, um, yeah, like I said, born born into a a Green Bay Packers family with grandparents in Wisconsin. So, uh, I'm sorry, I just can't help it. it yes. It's just uh... <laughs> I
1: forgive you. It's
0: totally fine. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, all right, uh, Nat is joining us here as well. Um, happy to see all of you in the chat. Um, So a couple other uh, business things before we get rolling. Um, I do have a Deccans webinar coming up on May the 14th, so I'm going to be doing my Deccans of Taurus webinar where we're going to be exploring uh, the mythology of Taurus, the tarot cards associated with the 310 degree um, slices of that sign. Um, We're going to talk about how to integrate that into your astrological practice. We have a nice discussion throughout and at the end as well. Um, So check that out. There's a link to sign up. Uh, for that, in the description of this video or on my website spencermichaud.com, and you can save twenty percent using the coupon code Taurus twenty up until the first of May. So, if you're looking to save a few bucks, uh, that will be. You've got a few more days left to sign up. So, and I appreciate all of you who have been uh, reaching out with interest in that. So. That's what I've got going on. You can also reach out if you're looking to schedule a reading or a transit reading, a natal reading, anything like that uh, at my website, SpencerMischaud.com as well. I did want to give all of you a little update with the um, I've got like a kind of a book club thing gestating in my brain. Um, I'm trying to find the right platform for that, but that is in the works. So please keep your eyes peeled for that. And again, if you want to be the first to figure out when that's happening, uh, I also have an email list, so if you want to know when book club is going on, sign up on the email list, uh, which you can also find at spencermichaud.com. All right, friends, that's all the business that we've got out of the way, right? Yeah. Uh, we we this is you know we kind of have to do that as as <laughs> uh, as astrologers who are mostly self employed here. You know, we got to hawk our wares and and then we get and in, dive into the the meat of the of the potatoes here. <laughs> like, all right um let's see stars in harmony oracle is joining us from oklahoma so another uh i guess is that the dust bowl we could call it is, is, what is what is oklahoma <laughs> like what is what is the affectionate term for the 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 midwest the great plains right great
1: plains yeah oklahoma yeah. is a state i have lived in too
0: so yeah very cool yeah oklahoma nebraska uh lots of lots of corn and wheat down there north for dakota sure.
1: Minnesota, yeah. Iowa. Yeah, you know, I've just made my rounds. Oh, through. I
0: can hear your Minnesota now. It's not Minnesota, it's Minnesota. Minnesota. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. Minnesota. I love it. Um, I have the I, I was born in Chicago, so I, I have some hard A's that come out every once in a while. Chicago. I hear it, yep,
1: I hear it for
0: sure. Yeah. Um, all right. So pleasantries aside here. Uh, so we are looking at a new moon solar eclipse on the 30th of April 2022 at 4:28 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. So the first thing that I wanted to kind of go over is uh Hannah, do you have any big picture thoughts on not only the eclipse but maybe some of the the energies that we're experiencing right now in the sky and what we've been dealing with as a collective?
1: Yeah, there's a lot going on right now and I will just say even though I am a Pisces moon, this Pisces energy my dreams the last couple of weeks have been bananas, yeah. like bananas, yep, yep. so vivid, so bizarre, just kind of like out of the ordinary for like things that I normally dream about. I had a dream the other night that involved a flamethrower. Like I don't <laughs> dream about this kind of stuff. I was like, what, what is being processed, processed in my subconscious right now that needs to have a flamethrower?
0: Have you ever actually seen a flamethrower in person or been around one?
1: Yeah. Uh, No, I can't say I've been around one, but I've seen one. Um Because I
0: have. (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs) uh, Just one small digression, if you'll forgive me. Absolutely. I I went up to the uh, Upper Peninsula of Michigan on a vacation a few years ago, which is a really cool place. Mm -hmm. And we stayed in this little hotel. I think it was called the Clark Motel. And in the back of it, they had this like airplane hangar full of like weird collectible things Uh and the guy it's usually like where these bikers stop off uh to stay and they invited us back to hang out in this airplane hangar that had like collection of like trucker hats weird like snowmobiles all sorts of weird stuff a weather tower that they would drop bowling balls off of and and he's like you guys want to see something cool (laughs) like i guess (laughs) uh, flamethrowers like check this out It just shoots like a 30 foot flame. (laughs) So I just, that was the first thing I was thinking about when you were talking about your your flamethrower dreams. So, yeah,
1: it's just so random. So, there's that going on. Sure. I think this Mercury and uh, Pluto conversation that's happening today is also really important as we're moving into the eclipse. I feel like it's really reminding us right now to take notice of messages that are coming in for you today. Maybe as you're listening to this, um, you know, what are the points that are really feeling like they're hitting home for you or themes that are coming up? So, you know, both of these planets are headed into retrograde. I think Pluto is, you know, just... A couple yeah. hours away from turning retrograde, and then we're going to see Mercury in a few days as we enter into May also turn retrograde in Gemini, where we're really going to be flooded with a lot of you know busy ideas that we're processing. And so, I feel like having this eclipse somewhere in the middle is a time to really open up, um, especially with this you know Uranian signature, really opening up to something new, um, being being welcome or welcoming in potential magic um, things that could kind of shake up our normal routines and experiences and um, and then we're going to move into a period where we're really processing okay what did that mean for me how could this be relevant to my life and especially once mercury then moves back into Taurus, figuring out how are we going to make these new ideas practical and tangible in our lives so i feel like this could be a really constructive period for us and my other big picture thought about this eclipse is that this is a powerful eclipse. And, you know, there's already been a lot of chatter about how this one is quite benign in in, in regards to ecliptic energy. Right. But I also see this eclipse as energy that's not just spanning the typical six month cycle, but it's going to be re-triggered multiple times um, because we've got Mars that's going to be coming through Taurus in July. The North node is going to be retrograding back to that 10 degree point in December and January. So coming into 2023, and then we're going to have Jupiter moving through in Taurus in 2023 and 2024. So I feel like this is big energy that could really be, um, life-changing for us in terms of what we're manifesting in the future and how we're building stability for our lives kind of in the big picture, um, perspective here
0: yeah yeah definitely fundamental and foundational I I like those words and yeah I have I have been hearing a lot of chatter uh, about this eclipse maybe being one that's um, you know not as harsh as some other eclipses Mm -hmm. Uh, you know generally eclipses weren't really thought of uh, fun events traditionally Mm -hmm. right because one of the lights the life givers were shutting off or being swallowed up by a, a demon or a dragon or something of that nature and that was kind of scary for people in antiquity um, but yeah I agree 100% like where these are these are epic times right now um, I think especially with the, the Venus Jupiter conjunction happening simultaneously we can kind of Break that down in a second, but um, yeah, my, a, a few big picture confirmations. Uh, just echoing what you were saying: is, um this eclipse being very tightly conjoined Uranus is really asking us to shake up our the way that we deal with our resources, the way that we deal with our rhythms and our routines. Um, and it's kind of it's important to welcome the new, I think, right now. And the the new things that we're putting into place will have reverberations and echoes out into perhaps even the distant future here Mm -hmm. um and you you and i are both going through uh things where we're trying to establish new home bases on some level you know you're building your house and moving and um i'm in the process of uh purchasing a house so it's it's uh those are big changes that last a, a, a long time so i'm feeling that energy and i also think that as a as a collective i've seen Uh, a lot of people who have uh, it's almost like the, the the karmic decks are being cleared so that we can make these new starts. And there's been some losses. Um, You know, you and I've talked to, I I lost my mom a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So in, and it's uh, something where sometimes I think for us to move forward, we have to kind of release the past and and come to terms with that. And I'm feeling that and I'm seeing that with people. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And One of the things i talked about the last time i was live is that life it does not always function in complete um polarizations it's not always just black or white it's not always yin or yang there there are definitely gradations along the way and we can experience really challenging things and really wonderful things simultaneously Mm -hmm. oh like that's that's something that's really been surprising to me as i've gotten older it's like wow this really difficult thing is happening, but also this really wonderful thing at the same time. And like, you have to hold those dualities, right?
1: Yeah. I, I feel that really deeply in my own life because I'm a Taurus rising and I'm a Scorpio sun. And so yeah. I feel like I live that all the time of this dance between things can be simple and pure and yet they're also really dark and they can be complex and mysterious and complicated. And like, mm-hmm. how do we reconcile with that at the same time? Um, And I love that you use the word new because I feel like for such a simple word that really encompasses a lot of what this eclipse could be for us Um, doing a little just like research on this eclipse point. We haven't had an eclipse at 10 degrees of Taurus for I think it was almost it's been over 60 years and we won't have another eclipse at 10 degrees of Taurus until 2041 so you know this is a really special eclipse and it really is signifying something new that is opening up for us
0: what was the date on the last 10 degree one what was going on oh, at those, that period of time
1: well i'd have to take a look i'd have to let's yeah. see. um i have to go back through my notes here uh which i'm not seeing at the top of my head um yeah i don't know but i did i, I did write down that this is part of the 6n Saros cycle okay. which began um, May 5th
0: 850 <laughs> Wow very at cool.
1: the North Pole and it will end um, in 2094. So wow. um, what's interesting about the the initial eclipse that really started this series was the Sun and the moon were at 27 degrees of Taurus. Venus was in Aries for the initial eclipse mm-hmm. and so was Uranus 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 was at 17 degrees of, of Taurus as well as Jupiter and the north node, at that eclipse was at 10 degrees so just kind of yeah. just interesting connections there
0: yeah i love being able to connect those eclipses back to like the meta cycles you know yeah. I, I think that you know one thing i was looking at was at least just in the more shorter term we did have a a, a new moon solar eclipse in taurus that's a series of eclipses around 2003 to 2004 mm-hmm. right and then we had the the South Node in Taurus, um, that was somewhere around 2013 and 2014. Right. So on a on a smaller level, you can connect back to those. I know for me in 2003, 2004, like I was getting ready to be a dad, and now at right. these eclipses, uh, my daughter is ready to go to college and you know move out of the house. So it's it's uh you can see the connection with that as well. It's really really interesting to see. 100. Um, percent
1: I had my, I had my daughter during the, um, the cycle in 2013, 2014, my first child yeah. with Scorpio North node. Um, so definitely some similar, you know, themes, um, that you were experiencing too. So, yeah, it's interesting to kind of connect the dots in looking at past cycles in our life and to see how those things kind of repeat over time, of course, in a different way, but, yeah, um, yeah, yeah very 100%.
0: interesting. Um, Remco is saying amen to the dreams being wild and extremely vivid. Uh, Lynn is joining our Midwest love fest, uh, having grown up in Ohio. All right. Thank you. (laughs) Go Hawkeyes. Uh, X is joining us from Vancouver Island. Welcome, X. Uh, Rachel is here, I believe, from Ireland. Uh, So welcome, Rachel. Christopher is joining us and talking about Uranus being a, a reshuffling of the deck. And the Eclipse is maybe asking us to play a different game, right? I, I agree, changing, shifting narratives. Um, <clears throat> okay, so I'm going to pull the chart up here, uh, Hannah, and let's take a look at it and see what we've got. So let me get everything arranged. Okay, so here we see on the, on the, on the chart, if you're watching along with us today, uh, the April 30th, 2022 eclipse at 428 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, the sun and the moon coming together at 10 degrees of Taurus, the second decan of Taurus, which we see some significations related to the six of pentacles card. Um, in this card, we have people receiving charity uh, with from maybe a, a person of means that's holding the scales of balance and the scales of justice. So there is some uh some themes of charitable uh, donations, uh, you know, economic justice that come along with this particular deck, and as well, uh, I think that there's some other things related to um, rhythmic, uh, seasonal type of experiences. There's a, and we'll get to this in a minute, but we'll we'll talk about the horai, which are the the, the diamonds of the seasons. And the the hours of the day, and, and they were sacred to farmers and in agricultural societies. Um, we're dealing with the face of the moon, so the moon is in in its exaltation. It's in its own face. It's a very powerful moon. So a really powerful moment for in, for planting a seed and, and f- into very fertile ground. Um, and with Uranus here, it is it is a really uh, powerful shake up of your rhythms, of your material routines. And then what else I wanted to point out in this chart, Hannah, is that the host of this this lunation is Venus. And Venus is going to be doing something really interesting on this day. It's gonna be making a conjunction with Jupiter at her degree of exaltation, roughly 27 to 28 degrees of Pisces while also in jupiter's house while jupiter is still there um in his in his own domicile so two extremely happy benefics coming together that are sort of having a huge influence on this eclipse um what do you think what do you make of the the venus jupiter uh conjunction with venus at the degree of exaltation here
1: It's definitely a temperance, I feel like, to the otherwise really erratic energy of of the eclipse, Um, but it's magic. It really is magic, and, you know, Venus and Pisces is all about the essence of things and, you know, unifying through the essence of things, so I think there's something just really hopeful, but not just hopeful of, like, a wish or a dream, but remembering the magic that is possible when we take those leaps of faith and we're open to something larger than might than what we perceive might be just sitting in front of us.
0: Yeah. 100%. Um, where those are coming together, we see the 10 of cups deccan. and we've got this like rainbow, this very idealized vision with these, maybe this happy family dancing in joy, and they're exalting this rainbow. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I magic is a good word for it, because I think that there's an ability to manifest a long cherished vision or dream um, with these two planets coming together. Uh, but also, th- there's there's themes of Stekin is ruled by Mars, actually. Mm-hmm. So there's themes of what are you willing to sacrifice to make the dream come true what are you what are you really willing to do to to achieve that vision i know my own personal experience to to get to the finish line with our with our home purchase there's been some repairs and painting issues that we've had to take care of and it's um multiple days of hard hard physical labor is <laughs> like do you really want this like okay go out and like put your blood and sweat and tears into it even before It's yours (laughs) so um i am uh i'm almost clear so i i turned into a lobster this weekend doing some (laughs) painting (laughs) so yeah that was that was fun uh but but again for for all of you out there there may be something a, a long cherished vision or dream that you have and that there may be um some kind of sacrifice that needs to come into into play to to make the dream a reality um, and again this is not just a, a minor dream this is these are like you know big lifelong things that we're experiencing here that's why even though it's not a super malefic eclipse it, it could have like really very much long-standing uh, reverberations that we're experiencing
1: yeah and i uh, um i just wanted to add that uh this Deccan. T Susan Chang refers to as chasing rainbows. Yeah. And I love how she describes when we talk about the Mars influence here of where fire meets water, you know, the sun meets rain. And what happens when, you know, the sun meets rain, you have a rainbow and mm-hmm. how beautiful and magical that is. You know, you can you can still see through a rainbow, you can s- perceive what's on the other side, but it's it's colored or tinted by something that just feels otherworldly and almost impossible but yet there it is right in front of you mm-hmm. but i think the other thing to remember is that rainbows are momentary yeah. you know yeah. it's magic that then dissolves and you're again faced with you know the clearing of a storm and you know everything that happens after that and so i think there is also the reminder with venus and jupiter here at 27 degrees of pisces to make the most of these fleeting magical moments Because as we know, the the wheel is always turning. And so when you see that magic, um, pause, you know, again, feel the essence of that. How is that speaking to you? And how can you hold on to that magic for a moment that you can then infuse that inspiration into something larger um, or or long-term in your life?
0: Yeah, that's a great point. And, And I think that thinking about it, like enjoying that beautiful, um, balanced ephemeral moment without forgetting that it's only a beginning, right? It's a new moon. It's just the start of a much longer journey. The work might be coming like anybody who's, I'm not a homeowner yet, but I'm starting to understand that it's not just that you buy the house and you're like, yay, I'm done. It's, it's, it's it's a continual process. And there's, there's maintenance, there's, there's upkeep, there's, work that goes along with it so whatever dream that we're we're manifesting right now you're going to have to you know go into maintenance mode at some point and deal with the reality of the dream rather than just the beautiful rainbow vision of it right
1: right and you know the end of pisces is is a culmination but it's i also feel like this energy is very clearing you know there's a clearing that happens when we get to the end of this cycle the end of the zodiac before you know, we move into Aries and I, you know, both of these planets are going to be moving into their new beginning and a fresh start that we're also going to be experiencing. So I do think that this is also a moment to, to pause, but also to, to realize what are you, what are you keeping here? Like what's going to stay behind and what are you carrying forward into this next journey with you?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we've got people in the chat, that are pointing out um a lot about pluto here Uh, and as you were saying earlier um pluto is retrograding as Mm -hmm. we speak stationing retrograde and will be retrograde by the time this eclipse comes so there probably was or will be or we are in process of a great purging as well to Mm -hmm. to be able to make room for maybe the new start that we're going to be experiencing here so and I think that a lot of people have seen have been going through that process where, you know, m- many things that have been either repressed or many narratives that maybe have outlived their usefulness in our lives are needing to be let go of. And sometimes that can be a painful part of, of change in a process. I was thinking about this, Hannah. I wonder if you have some thoughts. I know you do, like, you get got that beautiful Jupiter, Uranus, and in, in Sagittarius. Um, right? Right? You have Jupiter. Can Hi. you join your. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. My, my memory is still serving me. Okay. Yes. <laughs> uh, so my thought was, you know, human beings are, m- my viewpoint is that they don't really super enjoy change, that, that we would prefer the status quo, even sometimes when it's bad. Um, and this may be a reason why we see eclipses as these quote unquote, malefic events, because they do herald change they do herald new circumstances differences than what we were used to uh how how do you and then that 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 can also be liberating though can it where we say like maybe they're not just bad things happening maybe they're just different things and we are ascribing good or bad to it by our uncomfortableness with the change right what do you what do you think about that
1: yeah no i agree i think for as much as we like to say I'm welcoming the season of change into my yeah. life. Oh, that's a nice thought. Are you really welcome? <laughs> like, yeah. You know what? And it could be something as mundane and simple as like starting a new exercise routine. I mean, how many people know how challenging that can be? I mean, hello, yeah. it's, it's, it's hard. It's like, oh, the idea is nice, but to actually put the feet, your feet forward and to start to make those tangible steps again we're talking about earth's you know earth energy here yeah creating that change and moving our physical being our physical vessels through that process of change and everything that kind of ripples out from that um, is hard because so much of that is also outside of our control and what do humans love more than than the status quo is control <laughs> you know so <laughs> yeah. you know change also um is asking us to kind of take our hands off the steering wheel a little bit. And that can be really, really hard. So, yeah. Well, especially
0: Taurus too, right? Which is which is one of the most fixed kind of places. It's the element that's the slowest. You know, it's the type of things that we look at for our super fu- fundamental foundation and backbone. And when those things are getting shook up with Uranus here and with the eclipse and with all of these things, that can be just very disorientating. I think that's the word that that yeah. makes a lot of sense for me here is we just kind of like looking around like, Oh my God, what is happening? Where am I? You know, <laughs> like
1: 100% you're yeah. talking to forest rising. I mean, control issues. Hello.
0: <laughs> yeah. I just, I was, I was thinking about you. Cause, uh, Isn't this, this eclipse is really like very close to one of your angles, isn't it? Like
1: It's right. My ascendant is 10 degrees of Taurus. (laughs)
0: Yeah,
1: it's exact within 12 minutes of my ascendant. And so, yeah, it's, it's a major one for me, but um, I think something to remember is that wherever this eclipse is falling for you in your chart, Uranus has been present there for years at this point. And so these are shakeups and shifts. I kind of, think of it as like tectonic plates that are moving. Again, we're talking about the earth here, earth, you know, an earthquake that, um, we've been preparing for in some, in some sense of that, you know, whether it's been more at a subconscious level or not, you know, um, Uranus had moved over my ascendant last year and that felt really shocking to me. Mm Um, now I feel like I'm now that you know uranus is in my first house it feels more of like i can i want i'm ready to embody these changes yeah. you know i'm ready to just own these things and um it takes that kind of initial shock value that uranus is so famous for i think sometimes to just jolt us out of that dreamy state of just things being the way that they are. And I think that that's kind of the counterbalance to a lot of this Pisces energy. I mean, I think of Uranus, a lot of people talk about it being like the lightning bolt from heaven. Um, I think of Uranus, or at least how it functions in my life, (laughs) is that really annoying alarm clock that you were not prepared Mm. for and you were in a really good dream and you were getting to a good part. And then it's like, oh crap, (laughs) you know? Oh, and, and you're just kind of disoriented for a moment of like, oh, where am I? What time is it? And then you kind of settle into this new reality that you're, that you're waking up into. And, you know, and Uranus also, you know, is, is the great awakener. So however you want to explore that in your own life. Yeah. There is something that we're waking up to and beginning to acclimate ourselves into, um, into that new reality.
0: Well, and I love the point that you make that these changes have been coming for a while mm-hmm. you know it's not just like you push a button on saturday and everything's different you know it's it's you're you feel it you felt it the build up to this right. deep down in your intuitive nature or your gut you probably know that there's some circumstances in in your life like i'm talking collectively here that that are that really do need a change right um, and, and we you know sometimes we try to hold on to things that really don't bring us vitality anymore, and Uranus just is like, come on, you know, let it go, <laughs> let it go. Uh, don't don't worry, you'll land on your feet. Like here is a, a reflection of who you really are now versus mm. who you were before, and right. and when you get liberated from that old narrative and you allow yourself to be who you are in the present, man, that's actually a huge gift. Uh, that's that's a huge um, you know benefit. To be able to just live an authentic life, rather than one based on some old form that isn't serving you. I mean, think about like these eclipses. Uh, if we talk about them as as serpents and as dragons, like with the the head of uh, the serpent, the severed head with with Rahu, in the North Node, and the body uh, Ketu. Think about this: the the snake shedding skin, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it's it's when they're going through it, it's like painful. But if you try to stay and keep yourself small, I mean, that's not serving you. And look at how beautiful and shiny and new all those scales are when you get to emerge from that that old skin on some yeah. level, right?
1: I think that's just the summination of the access between you know, Taurus and Scorpio. And that is, um, I think of that access as the access of alchemy, really, because mm-hmm. Taurus is the alchemy of light that takes place as the sun meets the earth and creates organic and biological power. Whereas, you know, Scorpio is the alchemy that takes place during the process of decomposition and things breaking Mm -hmm. down and, you know, everything that's really happening under the surface. And um, yeah, you know, the shedding of the skin is something that I'm constantly reminding myself of and that it's okay to change. In fact, I have a I have a a, a snake nice. tattooed on my arm to just on, remind on, on. myself.
0: Yeah, i gonna let people see that bigger. Very nice. There's very cool. Snake. Is that yeah. a lo- is that a Luna moth?
1: I have a Luna moth cool. and strawberries and flowers. It's very Torian. for yeah, yeah, yeah. tattoo. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Got my little garden, but yeah, it's um, it is it it is necessary because you can otherwise feel really trapped by something yeah. that is just no longer feeding or serving you.
0: Absolutely. Um, all right, I want to take a moment to acknowledge a few people that have stopped in um, just saying hello to uh, Lisa Newcomb joining us from New York. Um, always has some great thoughts here. Uh, Sunchild Tarot, aka D, is joining us from the UK. I'm glad that you are making it here, my friend. Um, let's see, any other new faces that we're seeing here? Uh, Kate is. is blowing some purple hearted love to us here today with on the wind. So thank you, Kate. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, so um, Stars in Harmony Oracle is here. Welcome. Um, So yeah, we've just got a a, a lot of good uh, participation going on the chat. I want to just say again, thank you so much for being here today. All of you that are in this community that brings such wonderful insights into the chat and into our our talks here today that's why i love doing these live streams because it's it's not just me and the guests it's like we've got this hive mind that helps us to in real time to to really kind of pinpoint things so so such a gift to have all of you here today all right hannah let's go back to the chart here after yeah. we saw your beautiful tattoo <laughs> <laughs> let's uh
1: hearing you know get yeah. to know
0: <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. Little uh, revealing little parts of ourselves as we go. I'm 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 revealing my <laughs> my true love alliance. my true alliances. Right? Just I might lose a few Minnesota subscribers. But, you know, like, but that's why I brought you on here today, though. So you know, I say, hey, hey, you know, me and me and the Vikings fans, we can still be cool. Totally,
1: totally, just a
0: game. all right. So. We're also seeing in this chart, a couple things I wanted to touch on in this chart is, you know, we've, we, we, do have Mars sextiling this lunation. That's, that's actually the closest aspect. So I I'm seeing just the ability to take action on the dream as being important. Like we may feel really moved to do something, um, with that. And then I, I wanted to just kind of, uh, also point out we've got Mercury moving into Gemini, where we will see it stationing and moving retrograde shortly after. Um, and also before that happens, there will be a Mercury Kazemi at yeah. zero degrees of Gemini, which I'm, is kind of blowing my mind. I think that's going to be really powerful for all sorts of new options that we may have with, with this eclipse. But what I wanted to ask you about specifically, and, and you can add some other thoughts on those two, other two aspects that I m- mentioned, but I really think that looking at it from a whole sign perspective, there still is an overcoming square from Saturn to this this eclipse, what do you think about that and how are we having to deal with some of the Saturn's um, narrative here as well.
1: Well, we just can't get past Saturn and Aquarius, can we? Right. Um, you know, right. there's there's these echoes of I think the Saturn Uranus Square that we're also going to be revisiting in this fall. Um, but I feel like this is a time to um take a look at again what what's coming with and what's staying behind. What is if and if we're we're really anchoring into that earthy. Um, peace with this eclipse with our resources how are we using or mismanaging those resources especially Mm. as it relates to a dream that we're trying to manifest you know it could be as simple as like our money how are we spending that right now um but it could also be in relation to how hard do we feel like we're working towards that you know are you are you overworking yourself right now are you pushing yourself too too far i mean after all this this Uh, eclipse is in the territory of venus so do you need to be more receptive and allowing Mm. um or you know do you need to be taking greater responsibility as well for your actions and the the i don't want to say the consequences but how those actions could um you know have implications to your community to your society to your groups you know to this this larger collective um as well so
0: yeah yeah definitely i'm so we've got seven of swords here for where Mm -hmm. saturn's at in aquarius three um and all of the things you're saying about saturn are resonating as far as like being responsible working within potentially some limitations that we have here because it's so it's not unfettered growth right it's like all right you've got to plant a seed you've got to uh you've got this beautiful venus jupiter thing but there's also this, these other considerations that are maybe even bigger than you or your desires that have to be taken into account as well. Um, and I think that, you know, Saturn and Aquarius, one of the things I've been really meditating on with this, and this was from a, an author, Joy Usher, that has really turned my mind around on a, on a number of planets and signs through her book, A Tiny Universe. And she talks about uh, Aquarius as being the glass ceiling energy. Right where it's like this, um, this energy of mental limitations that we create, like through telling ourselves we can or cannot do something. So I, I think that 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 in particular is about untying some of those old narratives and stories mm-hmm. that stop us from from manifesting what we truly desire. Um, so I really think that part of this eclipse also could be, hey which, which old stories are still keeping you in that place of feeling of limitation and, uh, but which ones are necessary, which, which of those stories are necessary and which ones aren't right.
1: Right. Um, you know, and to echo that Saturn energy, the, the North node for this eclipse is in the third decade of Taurus, which is Saturn ruled. And mm-hmm. so there is kind of also just that underlying, um, Saturnian influence about, mm-hmm patience, you know, that things of quality and of a lasting nature, and, and even if beauty sometimes take a long time to, to, to create and to, to organize. And, um, sometimes things need to be adjusted and reworked in some way. And there was a quote, um, I can't remember if it came from T. Susan Chang's book or Bernadette Brady's, but there was something about Saturn in, in relation to, um, with Taurus too, about life without limits is unprotected. Mm. And when we think about growth in Taurus, right, fertile, um, fertile ground, beings that are just freshly being born, you know, tiny creatures that that are still quite vulnerable. There's also a need to um, to protect that. Yet we don't want to completely, you know, shelter them from experiencing the world. But that life is still something that is worth. Um, having some limitations or, or at least knowing when is enough, you know, when is it enough or how much is enough? And I think that's such an important Saturn question as it relates to Taurus because Taurus can be excessive and greedy and wasteful at times too. Uh And especially
0: with Venus and Jupiter coming together at the Venus's degree of exaltation, it could be (laughs) easy to get in over your head, right? If that Saturn influence.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I think, I think there are, that I disagree with, with that. I think it's important of, of old limitations that are keeping you from growth, but mm-hmm. still also being respectful of the growth yeah, yeah. in the sense that we have to care for and nurture it with um, an eye for responsibility and longevity.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that all of the planetary influences and impulses, they're all about maintaining some kind of I guess the word I would call it would be homeostasis, right? Some kind of balance of nature. You know, you have unchecked growth that can turn into something malefic, right? If you don't have the boundaries, if you don't have Saturn and Mars recycling, some of the old energy and setting healthy limitations. So yeah, working with that energy. And I think you're touching on a really important point when it comes to patience. Because, mm-hmm. we, 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 you know, we're just starting this big new material cycle, this new rhythmic cycle. Um, and, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, right? It, it, it takes maintenance. That's one thing I want to point out about this eclipse is it's second decan of Taurus. The, the superpower in that decan is consistency. It's showing up and doing just what is necessary and then letting nature uh, assist you. Right. Like that's what Venus to me is, is like being receptive to the the forces of nature, but also participating in it as well. And, you know, the I Ching was talking about this today too—the the receptivity nature that we'll get to at one point in the show here. But um, really, working uh, and opening up to to the energy rather than forcing things. And, and Saturn is a planet that's like you're not going to force anything because right. <laughs> I'll, I'll be right in your tracks, <laughs> right? Um, Hannah I'm going to look through the chat here. Thank you I I leash uh for the super sticker uh with the lemon lemon grab there. <laughs> like from uh I think that's is that lemon grab from uh Venture Time? Are you familiar with Adventure Time, Hannah? No. Uh it's, uh, it's a it's a pretty surrealistic cartoon. <laughs> lemon grab is this character is like had this really screechy voice, but, uh, I don't know if that's a reference to that leash, but but thank you so much for your contribution here today. Um, Rachel says Taurus is in my eleventh, Scorpio the fifth for me. The last few years have been super interesting in terms of finding new groups, interests, and allowing the tide to carry me to new and exciting shores. Yeah, really great insight there, Rachel. As far as the that access of you know personal creativity versus uh, the collective and the group consciousness. Um, Henry is saying all the Mars Saturn damage is still falling apart for me with the benefits averse to Saturn and Aquarius benefics oh, with the benefics a uh, benefics can see the eclipse though isn't that good uh yeah it, I think it's good I mean yes. for me I think it's a it's great um I, again I think that the way to think about that and Hannah you can chime in on this too is that we're, we we experience life sometimes with the good and the and the challenging all wrapped up in one thing and and we can see that in a chart like if you look at your natal chart or anybody's natal chart you have some really good things that are happening alongside some very difficult things so uh, i think this eclipse is speaking to that as well
1: yeah absolutely there's there's always going to be a sense of polarity, um, you know, of, of when, when it comes to unexpected, I mean, even Uranus being in Venus territory, I mean, Venus as, as the, as the goddess, she was born from, you know, tension and a situation of detachment and severance and and ultimate disruption, but yet she's able to serve new ideas that could be You know could be received in a diplomatic or tactful way or could be presented in a diplomatic or tactful way and so i think having all of that um venusian temperance to what could otherwise be quite erratic and it still probably will be um to me feels really positive and and still quite hopeful
0: yeah yeah i like that you're bringing in the the origin story of aphrodite or venus here because Uranus is part of that, right? With Kronos mm-hmm. taking his sickle, aka Saturn, mm-hmm. uh, the son of Uranus, okay, that was his child taking that sickle and severing his genitals, basically, and them falling into the sea. And from, from that, uh, those severed genitals and the sea foam, that was the birth of Aphrodite. That's what created Aphrodite, in addition to the Uranes, which mm-hmm. was born from the blood, right? right. Who were the punishers of hubris right so there was see how both of those things can be born uh, out of that single act so right i i love um <laughs> sitting in the ambiguity <laughs> like with absolutely this. Yeah. and from
1: a, from a practical standpoint at least what i think the, the the lesson with uranus um and these changes that we're all going to be experiencing in some place in our life is that if we are to repress or suppress or block these reinventions that are being requested of us by Uranus, we can experience, like you're saying, the furies as they're also known, which were created by the blood as they, you know, the dismembered member of uh, Uranus (laughs) by Kronos. Um, And that can be experienced as resentment and retaliation and and even um, never endingness, right? Nothing would ever change. And and it just being infinitely the same and how boring would that be? and i think that, that that story is also kind of infused into this ongoing saturn uranus conversation too that you know the furies can be born within us if we are repressing changes that are necessary and timely in our lives or if we are more embracing of those changes we can also expect that those furies can be hurled at us from those outside saturnian forces so yeah. something to kind of just also keep in mind that is, and this is something that I'm just sharing from personal experience with Uranus coming over my ascendant last year is that I finally had to realize that the dis- the tension and disruption in my life could either be self-caused by me not embracing where I was in my life and how I've changed, or I could embody that and and have a sense of inner peace and contentment and deal with other people not understanding it, but feeling still whole in myself. So, you know, if, if there's, if there are people that are also experiencing, you know, challenges in their relationships right now, which I feel like has been a huge theme over the last couple of years too, especially if coming back to the Venusian storyline and her retrograde at the beginning of the year and her, you know, meetings with Pluto, there's a lot that's changed in terms of the things that are important to us and what we define as living a good life. And so as we're, exactly. So as we're experiencing these shakeups, are you going to welcome them in, right? And to see the potential magic and to accept that, yeah, some people aren't going to understand it and that's okay. Or, try to maintain the status quo knowing that it's going to just eat you up inside.
0: Man. Good stuff, Hannah. Really good stuff. And yeah, that really resonates with me. Um, I, I feel like one of the things I've been working with lately, I've got a, some astrological material that's related to regulus. And one of the things that that particular election works with is, is feeling a sense of self-esteem and, and self-confidence and calmness that isn't necessarily dependent on external approval which mm-hmm. states in the in the description of its uses will actually magnetize external approval it's funny that paradox right when we finally stop like giving a shit what people yeah. think about us
1: 100
0: yeah people are like oh wow this people person doesn't really care what i think about them man they're cool <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Carry so,
1: on, yeah
0: right like well because it makes you sort of impervious to uh that th- any kind of criticism potentially that would tear you down like um and that's man that is that's some real power right there is oh. when you you know that you are feeling confident enough in who you are and what you're all about, that someone else isn't going to take that away from you just because of a, some disapproval. And, and the, the other thing I'll say about that is that oftentimes <clears throat> people, the way that they feel secure is by putting other people in, a, in either a category or, mm-hmm. or, you know, being able to characterize them in a certain way so that they they themselves feel safe. And right. when, when we make important changes in our life, we make people feel either unsafe or insecure, because we're, we're shaking up their vision of who we should be to them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's, and when we can just be like, well, that's just life. And, you know, we're our relationship is going to change as well. That's, that's when we can get really have grace with each other and, and allow each other the space to shed skin, to have a new version of ourselves, to come to terms with change. Um, and, and, and and I will say to all of you out there, please remember that fact because a lot of the times the disapproval is just a projection of the box that they had put you in to make themselves feel safe.
1: Yeah, which is definitely, at least in my opinion, the shadow side of Saturn and Aquarius is putting people in boxes based on sociopolitical beliefs and, you know, all of those, um, all of those little minutiae, you know, if, if that makes us feel more comfortable when we can put people in categories yeah. and, um, not to get too ahead of ourselves, but, you know, Uranus is going to be, be meeting up with the sun a couple of days or a few days mm-hmm. after this eclipse. And I feel like that really amplifies what you were just talking about, Spencer, of that being a time when we are going to have to develop and expand ourselves into, New uncharted territory, right? We're exploring parts of ourselves or we're being asked to explore parts of ourselves that maybe we haven't before and or doing it in ways that we haven't done before. And existing structures or relationships may need to go in order for us to really authenticate and embody, such a Taurus word, embody um, who, who we really are and more of who we're becoming.
0: Yes, yes. Yes, and we we're having some really good uh, acknowledgement of that that type of energy in the chat here too. Um, Beth, Beth, I, sorry, I've got painters here <laughs> like doing some work. I, I've been taking care of the uh, the bottom stories, but I, I wasn't um, <laughs> brave enough to go up on the third story ladder to scrape and paint. So I I, oh, I delegated I delegated that <laughs> like. <laughs> Um, so if there's some noise going on here, um, but anyway, uh, Beth is here, uh, EK, um, and also a Taurus rising and, and kind of talking about enjoying that description of Uranus and on the ascendant here, Hannah. Um, and and yes, we, we are going to see a conjunction between the sun and Uranus, you know, a mere few days after this eclipse. And one of the things that I wanted to point out about Taurus in general is in Aries season, we have Mars severing and separating a singular point of consciousness from the collective and saying this is who I am. And this is what I believe. And then we take that that uh, newfound sovereignty, and we infuse it into a body, We, we we bring them and join them together. So this is the infusing part of your philosophical belief system, your hard won individuality or individuation, and putting it into some kind of material form here as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, and it's it's going to be uh, new, it's going to look different. And again, like, there's projections galore that could happen with that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so I I think we've got a pretty good understanding of what's going on in this chart. Uh, Again, I think we've touched on Mercury being in Gemini a little bit with the, the upcoming retrograde and Kazemi that will be happening in the shortly in the days afterwards, I guess my, my final thought on that would be that Mercury going into the first second of Gemini is just um, that's the that eight of swords energy where you may feel paralyzed by all the different pathways that you could potentially explore. Yes. Um,
1: choices. To- all choices.
0: Choice. <laughs> right. Yeah. You, it's like, you've made this decision. Now here's all these other things to consider. So mm-hmm uh i do like the way t susan chang uh helps us resolve that in 36 secrets and it's using the other eights um so like the like eight of pentacles is like hey get to work you know you have a choice to make just start working on something right or um the eight of cups where it's like you don't like the choices walk away you know <laughs> like, oh, that's another um, way to deal with it and the eight of wands i think was uh um wait for change because it will come, you know, like don't, you don't have to necessarily do anything. And then and she was talking about Eight of Swords being about maybe by meditating and collecting our thoughts, we're not having that kind of that chatter uh, going on too much so we can focus on what is really important to us.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, well, I'm going down the list here. We've got, we've hit some good parts of this. Uh, I think the next thing I've got on my list is just talking a little bit about Taurus two in general. Uh, and just uh maybe getting a little bit more in depth in that um as we were talking about before we've got the the six of uh, pentacles card with which is a it is called material the lord of material success in book mm-hmm. t or the lord of success in the book of toth austin Coppett calls it a linga yoni uh in 36 secrets which is this uh fertility stone that sort of looks like this uh, and he talks a lot about Seeding the the fertile soil, like you were talking about, with the the very fecund and ripe soil, um, and then I wanted to to discuss with you the the Horai, uh, the spirit of of the second decan of Taurus. Um, the Horai were these uh, these goddesses, these three goddesses: Eunomia, Irene, and and Dikey which roughly translates to good order, good pasture, peace and spring and justice. And they were responsible for the regular motion of things and the hours of the seasons. Um, how do you think we can incorporate the, the, uh, the challenges of the, of the Horai and, and into our life and, and embrace that spirit of Taurus too?
1: With the cycles? you talking about? Yeah, I,
0: mean, I think so. Like, wh- how can we utilize that spirit for success in in this, in this uh, upcoming eclipse?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of it has, again, comes into that Venusian space of re- receptivity also of um, just acknowledging where we're at, you know, not trying to force things to be something that it's not. And, um, you know, when it comes to cycles, that's something that I feel like I've gotten quite familiar with. Being a mother, and you know there are different phases that children go through as they're growing and developing. You probably are very familiar with this too, um, Spencer. But it's it's understanding kind of the appropriateness of whatever that season or that cycle or that rhythm that you're currently in is calling for, and if you're applying. You know, work or action or um, energy towards something that just can't be manifested in that way at that time. There's mm-hmm. a respect that's needed to just allow it to be where it's at at that moment. You know, mm-hmm. so I do think that it's just kind of embracing the the here and the now, which to me it very much feels, you know, kind of the the epitome of a lot of that that higher octave of Taurus is like being here now, like being yeah, in this yeah. moment, and what is it calling for you and You know, animals are so good at that. You know, they're 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 so good at knowing what their bodies are or what they need in that that moment and nothing more, and just respecting kind of where they're at and and not overcomplicating that as well.
0: Well, I I you know, Hannah, you are you definitely are the perfect guest for this. And all of you out there in digital land here today, I think you're in good hands with the two of us today because my moon is in this decan of Taurus. Mm -hmm. And Hannah has her ascendant here. We've we've lived this energy for our entire life, and and I will say, one hundred percent agree that you know you look to nature, look to the the way that the, there is interconnectedness, and and like um, an animal in a community is going to do what is necessary for that moment. They're gonna they're gonna you know hunt their food, they're gonna gather their food, but then they're going to rest. They're going to maybe not push the river on some level. And I think that that balance is really important, which brings in one of the the, the sephira of the the Kabbalistic tree of life, which is the, the middle pillar of three pillars, where we have, uh, it's called Tiferet. So the sixes in the tarot is, is Tiferet, uh, which is related to the sun and balance. So we're trying to balance out hard work. We're trying to balance out rest and play and pleasure. Um, I like the fact that I think that I've seen with you, and I think both of us are able to do this is when you have some Taurus two placements, which is the exaltation of the moon, it's kind of like showing up, you just keep showing up and you do what you need to do in that day, you don't force it. And, and then you rest and then you show up again. It's consistency, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and has, has that been, cause that's been, a, that's helped me succeed. Has that been true for you as well? Like the consistency part of it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. In both my business and just my life in general, and just a little um, a little something about me is that I'm a military spouse and yeah. um, something that I've reflected on as we are getting ready to move is my oldest daughter is having a lot of anxiety about leaving her friends and, you know, starting over in a new place and, you know, all the challenges that come with that. She's eight. And I was reflecting with my husband how the majority of her life has been periods of, constant change and instability. Matt, my husband, was um, deployed for six months when my daughter Barrett was eight, was uh, three months old for the first time. Wow. And he's been deployed over the course of uh, a total of three years in her eight years of life. And so she's only kind of understood life as a series of hellos and goodbyes. And yet as a mother for the first time, I was also really struggling with like, how do I raise a child on my own while my husband is gone? And and also to when he comes home to kind of reacclimate to being together. And something that I just really anchored and rooted into was my daily routines. Mm -hmm. And having a child, having a baby really kept me centered and grounded because, you know, children need very little, honestly, I think our modern culture overcomplicates what children actually truly need, maybe babies need, you know, that I would wake up to feed her. And she was what got me out of bed in the morning. She was what helped me stay stay consistent about the basic stuff that postpartum can kind of um, take away from you, like drying your hair and, you know, even taking showers and just making sure you're eating enough and all of that stuff. And so having, those consistent routines and just continuing to show up for my daughter, but also for myself helped to keep me in that space of, I'm just going to tackle today. And then I'm going to see about tomorrow. I'm not going to worry about, you know, how I'm going to get through this next five and a half months. I'm just going to worry about getting through today. And that's something that was such a deep lesson for me that I've carried then over into now with this next move and also with my business and not worrying about, well, what's my business going to look like financially in three years? I've got some, I've got some goals, but I'm going to focus on what am I going to get done today? That's going to help me build towards, you know, something tomorrow and, you know, next week. And that's really all that we have truly is just this moment anyway.
0: I love it. And yeah. So it sounds like your situation was forcing you into becoming that consistent presence and it made it that much more important that you were the the you know consistent mom that was showing up and a lot that's that's a lot of what kids need. They don't need fancy stuff. They just need our presence consistently and like they need sleep and food and <laughs> cuddles every once in a while. That's like that's the Taurus thing. Like you just totally. need you know fundamentals. Like it's, it's it's fairly low on the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Um, but if you go without those things, it's it's difficult, right? So, right. um yeah, this is something I've had to work with with my daughter as well, Um coming, you know, trying to help create stability for her is teaching her the value of, hey, did you eat today? Like, did you eat something healthy? Did you get enough sleep? Uh, mm-hmm. Are you drinking enough water? Did you exercise? You know, like little things like that can really add up. And I know for me. I also have a number of routines that I go through in the morning. Like I have a certain uh, meditation prayer practice that I do every morning. I make a, a shake every morning, like a, like a protein, you know, superfood shake. And I do this. I've done this every day for like 15 years. So <laughs> like it's it is the same thing. I, that I journal, and then you know I'm I'm like all right, I'm ready for my day. Yeah. Um, what I, The flip side of that with Uranus here, though, and I wanted to point this out because this is a conversation I've had with my own lovely daughter lately, is she has taken that to heart to the point where the two of us really hate getting out of our routines and are, will stubbornly adhere to them even when there is a, ne- a crisis point that is necessitating a, a surge of energy. Mm-hmm. So the lesson that she and I have been dealing with lately is that sometimes it is important to establish these routines there are periods of time where you do have to be flexible enough to to make a push to to achieve a long cherished goal and you will have to make some compromises with those routines i I don't think that you should neglect all of those things altogether but i I guess i wanted to play devil's advocate and see like this is my you know gemini venus and saying oh what about this other thing (laughs) but but does that make sense too like have you found times where there is a time in your life where you're like okay i I know i have these things that i want to do but this is my priority for the moment i like what you're talking about with the moment right
1: yeah absolutely it's it is um sometimes it is reprioritizing and Um, We've had to deal with this, this topic also, as it relates to my kids, especially my oldest and she has ADHD. And so she really, she really thrives on a structure and she feels the most settled and and I do too, but there are some times where change is unavoidable or plans cancel, you know, and she's, she'll get so disappointed or upset. And it's having to explain, you know, I realize that's not what she wanted in this moment, how can we still work with this scenario or how can we pivot and move in a different direction that still feels okay. And, you know, changing up those routines and rhythms and systems can feel unsettling, but it can also be an opportunity for us to see something that we didn't see before. Mm -hmm. You know, if you think about it simply as like walking down the same path every single day, you know, if you have the same routine that you drive to work every single day, you're comfortable, you kind of have landmarks, you're able to navigate probably like with your eyes closed, right? Yeah. And then if you have to take a new way because suddenly there's road construction, there's, there's a detour, It's like, I'm not really sure where I'm going here, but then then you see, oh, there's like a coffee shop that I didn't know existed. Oh, there's a beautiful park. Like there are things that come into your awareness that you didn't even know existed that now are suddenly a possibility that you're like, "Mm, maybe I should go this way and, and to see what happens. And so, there isn't there is a a request to kind of experiment i think when we're talking about Uranus with these very taurus uh kind of fixed uh qualities of you know the status quo or like kind of those routines yeah, yeah. of day old and and um the same thing every single day, like you were talking about, you know, maybe you need to just have avocado toast one morning and see how you feel, Spencer. <laughs> maybe, maybe. You'll be a new man.
0: I know. I'd spend a small fortune on all these powders <laughs> that go into this stupid shake that I make all the time. And maybe I'll have to buy some, some paint for the living room at some point with the new responsibilities. But yeah, um, no, and and I think what that brings me back to is Really, I think the key that we're getting towards here is routines are important and t- self-care is important, but even, you know, routines benefit from moderation, right? I Great. think that, that moderation is really the key. That was something that came up in our upcoming I Ching, is the, the middle path is really important. Sometimes you can even get too fixed in, in saying too stubborn in our routines and saying, no, it has to be like this and I'm not going to be flexible in this moment. And, you know learning from the Tao and Taoism, you know, the, about sometimes when we go to an extreme, the seed of its opposite is planted, right? Mm-hmm. So, right. so if you you go too, too routine focused, what you're going to do is create a chao- chaotic moment in the future if you're getting too uh, fixated on that. Right.
1: Um, you suck the potential life out of right.
0: something. Spontaneity. I think,
1: yeah. Well, even yeah. just from a, from like an agricultural standpoint, um, growing up in Minnesota, my dad grew up on a farm and he, uh, he worked in the department of agriculture for a, a while when I was growing up. And something that I remember him telling me was that something that's essential to agriculture is constantly changing the crops that you're growing in your fields every year. So you don't mm-hmm. want to grow corn in the same field or soybeans in the same fields every single year, because that plant is going to essentially suck the nutrients out of the soil. And so the soil becomes depleted. So what do you do? You rotate those crops so that, you know, maybe you have soy one year. And so those help to kind of counterbalance or impart different kinds of, um, you know, minerals or nutrients back into the soil so that it's fertile and, and has that element of. Um,
0: so you're saying I need to rotate a new breakfast you do. <laughs> to, you do. to keep my body guessing. <laughs>
1: yeah. But, you know, it's, it's to help again, looking at long-term um, progress, there is something that needs to be shaken up to in order growth and life to continue. And um, I think that that's, an, that's, you know, important and it can be hard, but it's it's necessary for sure.
0: I'll tell you one thing, though, that is consistent in, in my diet. And this came from my 106 year old grandma that lived to be 106 years old. I said, Grandma, what's the secret? Like my great grandma. And she's like, dark chocolate. So I I I have this raw cacao dark chocolate powder that goes in my shake every morning. And so I'm fueled by dark chocolate w- without the sugar, right? And mm-hmm. uh, I'm a firm believer in that and the, 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 the happy brain chemicals that it brings up. So, um, but but yeah, maybe shake it up a little bit, right? Maybe yeah. Some new fruits or something. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh,
0: Okay, I'm looking through the chat here, seeing what we've got. It's a lot of wonderful comments. This is a it's a really active chat here, and I, I'm sorry if I can't get to every every single comment here. Um, I wanted to highlight a few. Thank you, Lisa, for the super chat. I really appreciate the support today. Um, Rachel's saying, "Glad to hear you have some su- support, some help." Spencer can't host a deep dive astro conference and paint at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well you'd be surprised uh rachel that's exactly what i've been trying to do over the last few weeks uh, trying to manage a astrology business all the housing things and you know at the same time trying to process and talk with family members about transition with uh, a loss as well so it's it's yeah it, that's one thing that i've been trying to stress here the last few weeks is sometimes life happens like this and there's a lot of things happening at once and, and you we're not going to be perfect all the time. When when our life is pulled in a lot of different directions, sometimes there's compromises that have to be made. But that's why I bring wonderful, knowledgeable people like Hannah on here to carry uh, a lot of the load. Here, <laughs> like a, uh, I'm really enjoying talking to you, Hannah. I, I, I'm Thank you. constantly um, pleasantly surprised by your insights and your, your groundedness and your earthiness and your, your knowledge and wisdom when you come on. So... Oh, um,
1: I appreciate that. Especially yeah. because when people give me the 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 feedback that they think I'm cool, calm and collected, yeah. my hot mess Scorpio sun is like great. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> right. Everyone. <laughs> right,
0: right. You're like, yay, i i you're like fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> like the little mask comes <laughs> off. So like oh boy. Okay. Um, let's see. Beth is saying a traitor or a teaser, yeah, maybe a teaser for the Taurus Deckens class. Yes, yes, cheeser, yes. Um, hold on, I'm looking, man, so many comments. Thank you so much for your participation today. One thing I'll say too, in addition to all these wonderful comments, you know, make sure you're hitting that like button and subscribe to the channel if you're new here. Uh, that is super helpful. Um, uh, Rachel says, as children, we knew how to do just that. Uh, I have Chiron and Taurus and I've been really late coming to terms with my own rhythms and cycles and needs. Yeah, I mean, that's something we learn as we get older, right? Sometimes we get in situations when we're younger where we're giving up those those rhythms and routines because we feel like we have to or owe it to somebody or we had a traumatic situation we were trying to compensate for. Um, let's see, Remco is taking off. Take care, Remco. Good to see you here. <clears throat> uh, anything else that you're seeing? Are you seeing anything in the chat here? Any questions that were... We've got things that are people that are talking about rotating crops, so we're getting some good stuff with that. Routines are regularly reviewing. I eat some dark chocolate every day after breakfast. Yay, Rachel, <laughs> she's on the dark chocolate team. Um, yeah, I'm a big believer in, in it, actually. I really do think that dark chocolate is just the ultimate superfood. Um, yeah. Again, dark chocolate, though, without all the sugar involved, the sh- sugar is counterproductive. Um, so if you can limit your sugar, that that's a good thing. Um, oh, for
1: more gardening and health tips
0: yeah yeah right okay so i think we've kind of covered the diamonds the Sephira. um we let's bring our chart back up here and let's finish off our talk today with a, a couple more astrological things where we we'll just touch on a few uh upcoming things mm-hmm. we do have the the first quarter moon is happening on the eighth, and in between the the eclipse and the first quarter moon, we're going to see Venus moving into Aries, her exile, um, ruling that that Taurus sun now instead of the exalted Venus, and then we've got the Sun Uranus conjunction that you were talking about on the fifth of May, mm-hmm. um, and then the first quarter moon at, in Leo. Uh, what do you think about some of these shifting sands here that we have over the course of the first week of the month or so?
1: Well, this is kind of an interesting one because the moon is opposite Mars. Um, so, you know, we could feel a little bit restless. You know, there could be some emotional stuff that maybe we're kind of fighting with. Maybe we're wading through. Um, and I mean, the nodes, too, are still within orb of, of squares here. So, um. I think there's a lot of review about action about how we're going to move ahead especially of whatever is kind of coming coming to light coming to coming to the surface over the you know the the solar eclipse which I don't know my my intuitive feeling about it with this one in particular is that we probably have a sense of of maybe the bigger picture changes that are coming up for us and so maybe this is more of a strategizing point of okay what's my next Step, what action am I taking, and where am I still feeling a little hesitant about embodying those changes, welcoming those changes? Um, but there could also be room for you know more immediate surprise, too. And like, how are we going to just respond to that?
0: Yeah, yeah, we're this, we're getting really close to the Mercury shifting uh directions here at four degrees Gemini, right? So we're
1: that day, I can't uh, it's like the tenth,
0: I think. Okay, yeah, so it's close. Yeah, yeah it's, it's getting close. getting close. And we've got the moon here in that second deck of Leo. Um, yeah, I like what you are saying about embodying these changes. Like, I think this goes back to the conversation we were having earlier about uh, when we're making material changes in our life and shedding skin. We take on new identities and really like maybe getting comfortable with our new identity maybe a part of this square with the leo moon and the taurus sun here and saying well what is our really our authentic self and where do our values lie now that we have made this big change how do we how do people respond to us now um how do we create integrity between the inner and the outer experience that we have cuz when we're taking on new challenges new personas new responsibilities we're not always going to get it 100 percent right right away because we've it's new. We've never done it before. We're not we're not able to draw upon experience with this new thing. So um, I think there may be some times where we're we may make make a few mistakes, and that's okay. That's life, right? Yep. Okay. So this is our that's our first quarter moon, and you were pointing out we've got a, an opposition here with the um, with Saturn and then uh, Mars that's going to be happening here. And then we are going to be seeing Mercury stationing retrograde at four degrees of Gemini on the 10th, while also simultaneously going under the beams of the sun. So maybe more of our communications are happening behind the scenes, potentially. Uh, we're having to rework some things that maybe we didn't get right the first time, uh, and also like review our options. And you were saying that, that we are getting back to uh, how are you describing the the retrograde back into Taurus?
1: It's it's kind of figuring out, all right, what do we do with these ideas that we've kind of reprocessed it, reviewed, and re some way. Now, how are we going to make that tangible and practical and 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 um you know, how are we gonna manifest those ideas? Yeah. You know, so I do feel like it is a good, a good opportunity to think about moving from the head back into the physical body or moving from the, you know, the the spaciousness of the intelligence into the material world. And and I'll just say in general, I feel like that's a real gift of the Mercury retrogrades this year. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people have give Mercury retrograde a really hard time. I'm someone that I quite like Mercury retrogrades because I feel like it's a really poignant opportunity to connect with your intuition and to cut out a lot of the chatter and really ask yourself some important questions about how do i feel about this what matters to me does this make sense do i need to make some you know, do I need to amend some past decisions or or mistakes that I've made? And then what am I going to do with that? Right. That's always the question of the earth signs is like, what are you going to do? How are you going to make it happen? What are, what resources do you have at your disposal? And, and especially with Taurus, we're talking about our gifts and our talents and also our material assets of like, all right, these ideas we've kind of narrowed down, like what makes sense to us, what's at my disposal to be able to then make something happen, to make something grow?
0: Yeah, yeah, I I agree, and I think that one little addition I'll I'll add to third decan Taurus that it was coming up as you were talking about that is third deck in Taurus to me is some of the things that threaten our our crops. You know, it's it's like the the forces that are out of our control, the natural disasters, the the plagues, the pestilence, the like mold or something like that. Mm-hmm. So to me this is there's something where maybe there was forces that were out of our control at one point and that we need to go redo something to to take care of maybe something that was done a little bit quicker than we wanted to do it i know in my experience <laughs> exterior painting is very reliant on the the rain <laughs> yeah. the, right right so there's been some some challenges in my own experience about timing and and methodology because of rain happening. And I'm there's a part of me that's like, oh man, I'm going to have to go back and redo some of this because of, you know, slapping some paint on wet wood or something because we're under a deadline. Um, but th- those are some things that would come to, to mind. And, you know, Mercury is going to be uh, retrograding back into that kind of square with Saturn. So coming to terms with some of our limitations that we might have, right, that we that we may have rashly uh, gone through something the first time around, um, and now we have the opportunity to, I guess, quote unquote, repent. Um, you know, we have that the litai associated with that decan, which were those those old hobbled women that followed behind, ate or rashness that offered up repentant prayers. Um, so, having some faith in your processes is is good, I think, as well. Okay, uh, let's see. Everybody loves dark chocolate. Yes, thank you. If, if anybody like, everyone wants to send me a gift. Cho- chocolate is a good one. <laughs> so, so
1: buy me a coffee. Buy I'm,
0: me. A yeah, buy me a chocolate. That's what I should do because you can actually change what it's called. Like, buy me some no. chocolate. <laughs> That's great.
1: Astrid. Oh no, man. It has to be dark chocolate.
0: Yeah. Right. I'm gonna do that. I'm totally because I don't drink coffee. I. I if i have any caffeine it's like maybe some mate every once in a while but my um caffeinated thing of choice is dark chocolate okay um venus entering aries maybe a good time to give yourself permission to love yourself too yeah i I agree Mm -hmm. um self-love is important glad to hear someone else has a productive insights in mercury retrograde yeah i mean every cycle has the has opportunities within it Mm um I, i when people are saying that a uh, an aspect is only negative. and And I think that one thing I'll, I'll, I'll help uncover with that is that the astrology is bringing us just events and impulses. Your human, um, pronoia or your ability to make choices, your free will, if you'll, if you will, uh, will <laughs> that sometimes can. Uh, counteract and counterbalance some of the experiences that you're having. Not always. There's some things that are faded that are out of your control that you can't change that you have to accept. But oftentimes, we when we start studying, especially traditional astrology, we get this like malaise of depression, where we're like, Oh, this bad aspect is happening. This is going to be a terrible thing. Well, maybe but but it's an opportunity for you to, to learn something. It's an opportunity to make a, a different choice or to either acquiesce to the impulse or to to do something right mm-hmm. yeah okay uh buy me a cacao shake yeah <laughs> <There you go. laughs> oh man that yeah that's that's definitely that change is definitely happening because uh those shakes man i think if i add them up <laughs> the
1: Iranian your I breakthrough yeah totally
0: <laughs> all right okay so let's um let's move forward and let's let's wrap this up let's uh, do you want to just briefly touch on on where we may be going with this eclipse energy
1: yeah that sounds good okay. full, full moon lunar eclipse
0: so we're looking at the full moon lunar eclipse on the 16th of may right after a square with the sun and saturn So this is this this lunar eclipse happens almost directly after the Sun Saturn square. So some kind of reality check, right? Right. Um, What what do you think about this? What what are some of your brief uh, big picture thoughts with this uh, eclipse here Um, coming towards?
1: The word that I've been using to describe this one is messy.
0: Yeah, it's funky
1: emotionally. Messy. Um, I think this is a real opportunity for emotional purging.
0: Yeah. I
1: think that when we, if we're looking back to the solar eclipse, there's an opening, there's a realization, there's a breakthrough, there's, you know, there's something that's shifting and being unearthed and brought up to the surface. And like, we're dealing with that in a very like surface level um, uh, way. Now, when we've got the moon in Scorpio, you know, the moon's naturally in her fall here. She doesn't particularly like being in Scorpio, especially with the South node. There's a lot that's being stirred up by the tail of the dragon. And um, I feel like collectively, this is a really important turning point for us in terms of collective healing and transmuting grief and resentment and more of those lower octave Scorpionic energies that we're holding on to things that have outlived or that are no longer in life. You know, accepting where things have died and have ended, and again coming back to those natural cycles of life. They also accepting when things are no longer in form, and like, why are we holding on to them? You know, why are we keeping ghosts in the closet, so to speak? It's time to to clear and to purge in order for those manifestations that we are so excited to welcome in to take form and to take shape in our life. Um. I just wanted to note that looking at this eclipse, there is, of course, the ruler Mars conjunct Neptune here in Pisces, which I think adds a layer of kind of Mm -hmm. confusion or fog about how we're going to go about doing this. Um, We had a lunar eclipse back in 2003. It was May 15th, 2003. It was a, a lunar eclipse at 24 degrees of Scorpio. Okay. So oh, very close. And that one was ruled by Mars in Aquarius that was conjunct Neptune in Aquarius at 13 and 14 degrees. Okay. Um, so I just thought that that was kind of interesting. And Venus was also in Aries, although she was at 29 degrees. So I do think it's maybe helpful to take a look even back at 2003 at that time, what was going on in your life? Um, and is there things that you've held on to since that point that really need to be? um released or healed or integrated to, you know, I think of Scorpio energy as well as like transmutation, you know, it's not just endings, but it's like, how is this, how can we give this a new life? How can we take the essence of something and um, allow it to take shape in another way?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I, I think this eclipse is going to be a little bit more difficult than the one we're discussing earlier today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's a lot of benefic influences in the new moon eclipse. There's a lot of, uh, tension in this one, um, yeah. with the moon in its fall with the sun conjoining a fixed star called Algol, which is a difficult fixed star. Yeah. Um, it, it, on the plus side, it could be very protective if you're using it correctly, but it also can, man, it can be something where our, our anger and our resentment could lead to some really destructive conflicts Um, and we have this what's that
1: i was gonna say and with mercury being retrograde there is also you know just the potential for um misguided words you know and really inflicting um pain via misunderstandings because we're speaking before we're ready kind of coming back to that timing element this may not be a good time to you know open our heart and just you know Emotionally, word vomit on someone. Maybe this is one that we really privatize more of that internal processing. Well,
0: and Venus, Venus being in Aries too, we may it be, may have difficulty creating win win situations and compromising with people too. One hundred percent. So, yeah, and in Mars Neptune coming together. Um, I just I, I always feel Neptune contacts lead to some kind of almost like a power outage. Uh, and I feel like just an energy outage there. So my, my feeling with this is that with Mars ruling that moon, conjoining Neptune, there's just might be a, an, an emotional exhaustion that, mm-hmm. where we're just like, you know, we've been through so much up to this point through eclipse season, man, I'm just tired. So, yeah. so I, right. So, so that self-care becomes even more important around this period of time. Um, and realizing that this may be something where you are feeling pulled in a number of different directions and giving yourself some of that extra grace, extra time, uh, giving other people the same as well, and because they're going through similar challenges. And like you were saying, letting go of old forms that aren't vital anymore. That third decade of Scorpio is really related to trying to force um forms to remain um and doing all sorts of nefarious things to keep something alive that just isn't that has passed on. Do you know what I'm saying? Like Yeah
1: yeah. My my son is in this deccan. And yeah. um yeah, this can be this can also be um escapism tendencies or yeah. holding on to like obsessions or uh you know things that we we want to think are true and real but really aren't anymore and illusions uh, illusions yeah. yeah what's the what's the tarot card associated it's with
0: it yeah it's the 7 of cups
1: it's the one with the weird mystery, yeah. mysterious looking like uh cloth right that's that's shrouding the cups it's a weird looking yeah. card
0: yeah it's like all the they related it to like the seven deadly sins too, like yeah. all these like desires that we might have right um
1: so i do think especially with the, the uh, Neptune influence, the, um, the notion of, of illusion or, or um, instead of dealing with really what's going on, it's like, Ooh, I'm going to just bypass this over here and pretend everything's still good. And this relationship is, is still alive. when perhaps like, it's not, you know, it's, yeah. um... <laughs> that's 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 tough you know that's tough and i do think that there is a call for surrender here too when we're talking about mars with with uh with neptune and pisces i mean that's like waving the white flag of of i need to rest i need to just surrender to what's going on and accept. also here with again timing the timing of what's of what's happened or whatever has dissipated or ended
0: absolutely yeah and we'll i will have some some guests <laughs> i hope i'll schedule with a little bit more notice than the two days that i gave hannah um coming on here so we'll we'll talk about this again as we get closer to it um but this is why hannah's so awesome like i, I can i know that this is what's so interesting about your taurus um scorpio axis to me is from just my brief time of knowing you it hasn't really been that long but i know that a I can count on you and Mm be you're great in a crisis. And the combination of those two things is really amazing. And that that to me is like what we're trying to balance with this Scorpio Taurus axis is can you respond in a crisis and can you also be reliable, you know, and, and, you know, bring a sense of calmness and peace to that. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. Well, I will say that you know, my son is ruled by Mars and Virgo. So, you know, nice. we can figure out a plan. And, you know, my, my ascendant is ruled by Venus and, and Libra. So I'm a very Venusian individual. Um, very cool. I want to try to please and make people happy, but. Hey, what? the timing for today was very divine because this was the only free day that I had this week. So. Yeah.
0: Like yeah. And I said, I said, Hey, how about Thursday? And you're like, yeah. Okay. Like, And I seem to remember you planting this seed months and months and months ago. Like Perhaps be, I did. Yeah. I think that you <laughs> might have planted this in my subconscious and probably just intuitively too, because it was right on your ascendant. I mean, mm-hmm. in, what? that's what I love when I love bringing on guests that are have personal experience With the astrology that we're going to be going through because they can really bring um those anecdotal stories in that are reflective of that energy and and there's extreme value in that you know there's a a ton of value in being able to do that um i'm looking at the chat here i'm seeing some side conversations here where people are asking about the reading group and so i just want to clarify that real quick um, yeah, I, I'm thinking about doing a guided um, reading group discussion, like a, almost like a book club, for Demetra George's book, um, Ancient Astrology and Theory and Practice, Volume 2. So it, it, it might be something that is uh, related to a, uh, maybe a monthly membership tier, either on Buy Me a Cacao or <laughs> or or maybe YouTube memberships or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, the, the fee won't be super expensive. I'm going to make it accessible for as many people as, as possible, and yeah, we'd go through that book together, um, maybe with some presentations, some great discussions. And I hope that all of you out there will, will join me for that. That That is in process. That's coming soon. So I'm just let me get past this painting week and we'll <laughs> put it together. Um, okay. Hannah, I think we've gotten through the astrology part. Should we put a bow on this thing and get you out the door here on, at the yeah. time that you have? Yeah. So, well, I think we're going to come in right in the wire here. Uh <laughs> So the animal that we got for today was, again, some synchronicity yeah. was the same animal that we got the last time Hannah was here. Yeah, uh, the stick insect. Uh, yeah. so, so I'll just re- read some of my notes here and we can reflect on that. So stick insects re- reflect blending in camouflage, observing your situation, playing dead, maybe keeping secrets, the power of stillness, building up your defenses, letting go of the past to move forward. Utilizing the element of surprise to drive away predators. That, that's interesting because some of the stick insects flash their wings and they're brightly colored. So imagine you've got this little stick and you're a predator and you're walking along and, and then you're just like some stick comes yeah. alive. <laughs> like scares the shit out of you. Yeah. You know, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm out of here. This bird would fly away or whatever. So, you know, maybe doing the unexpected may be something that will help keep us safe as well. The other thing that I was uh, that really resonated with me was uh, they talk about stick insects l- lay their eggs in multiple areas, so not putting all your eggs in in one basket, diversifying your investments, uh, so that you you aren't like just beholden to the forces of nature that could you know wreck something if you just put it all in one place, right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So stick insect.
1: Sick bug. bug. I feel like maybe he needs to like join my crew.
0: <laughs> yeah, right.
1: Add some, add some more of these like mystical creatures. Yeah. Um, I like the piece about keeping hidden too. Um, I feel like Taurus and Scorpio energy is very, you know, very private, you know, yeah. very respectful of like, I need my boundaries, I need my my internal place to kind of process stuff. Um, and so if as we are experiencing these shifts and changes in our life, maybe it's going to be helpful. Um, for now, and I feel like this, this also aligns beautifully with the mercury retrograde that we're about to head into, to keep some things to yourself, you know, let things simmer. Um, again, coming back to timing, don't rush to share. Maybe this is something that just needs to percolate and really take root, uh, you know, in, in the, in the ground, so to speak of your life before, you know, you're ready to share that with other people. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, and didn't you also mention? Maybe I'm making this up, but I felt like you mentioned about they read they can regenerate like their limbs.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They uh, they can they have this thing called parthenogenesis where I feel like they can reproduce. They can reproduce a limb, but they also can reproduce asexually, like without another. Uh, Wonderful. Here, I'll find it. And just just for clarification on how I get my animal spirit, it's I love this this book right here called Animal Frequency, which is sort of a, uh, a an expansion on this other book that I used for many years called Animal Speak by Ted Andrews. And what I'll do is I'll just go, oh stick bug, you know, like for, for the. So yeah, it says stick insect reproduces by parthenogenesis, which means the female doesn't need to be uh, doesn't need a male to reproduce so they can just like you know reproduce themselves right um so yes and it says they are also tactically creative in that if a predator grabs its leg the stick insect will use a muscle to detach the leg and will regenerate it the next time it molts so yes if you lose something important to you you know it'll grow back in some form or another, right? <laughs>
1: okay. It may have a different form, whatever is being yeah. let go of or whatever you are choosing to let go of. I think about like relationships right now, friendships that may have changed. Maybe it's like a, a job that's just not vibing for you anymore and not serving right. you, you know, letting go of something is creating a space for something to grow in a new form in its place. Totally. So I think that's, that seems significant.
0: I feel, I feel that. And I've been somebody who hangs on to certain things way too long. And and then when I am forced to make the change, it's like, wow, (laughs) I didn't know that that was taking so much energy to continue to prop up, you know, so so this is bringing us to our I Ching reading, uh, which is number two, which is all yin lines, which is called the receptive, receptivity, docility, acceptance, acquiescence, adjustment, nurturing. And it's moving to hexagram number 59, which is called dispersion, dissolution, getting rid of egotism, bringing people together, finding a common purpose, clearing up blockages, melting the ice, eliminating the obstacles within the self. So through our receptivity, we're able to to release the resentments, the blockages, the old narratives that are keeping us from this feeling of unity, of togetherness, right? Mm -hmm. Um, three changing lines. Three changing lines. Line number two says straight, square, and great. He does nothing, yet nothing fails to be beneficial. So we can talk about the intimate. I'll, I'll talk about my notes here. It says intimate qualities of the earth, tolerance and acceptance. Avoid pretense. Behave simply and naturally. Do exactly what is necessary. <laughs> Which it feels like Taurus too, right?
1: Yeah, it does. Very much it. so
0: just water just enough for it to go and then come back the next day and water it again. Okay. Line number five touches on the moderation that we were talking about earlier. It says a yellow skirt brings supreme good fortune. So co- yellow was the, the color of moderation in, in this tradition, this uh, I Ching tradition, the middle path, moderation, behaving with modesty and tact, taking a low key approach, like a Taurus. Sometimes Tauruses will surprise you because they're not like, you know, Banging the drum like maybe a Leo would if when they yeah. enter, you know, like but the, but you eventually you're just like, huh, that person, man, they they're really reliable. They just keep showing up and they don't make a fuss and they're low low maintenance, low drama, you know. And that's yeah. I think that's the way to be with this. Um, being sincere. I wrote avoid peacocking. <laughs> like be humble, modest, and unassuming. And then the last line, number six, now this one was interesting. I wanna hear your thoughts on this. It says dragons fight in the meadow, their blood is black and yellow. So this, they talk about this being uh, heaven, the color black and the earth, the color yellow. Mm -hmm. So this was speaking about some kind of battle um, where someone in the lower regions is trying to overthrow someone in a higher position so like a battle of trying to overthrow someone in greater authority than you but with the the, but it might if you fail in this it causes considerable damage to both people Mm -hmm. um so i was writing you know don't engage in power struggles like don't overreach be accommodating cooperative flexible don't demand too much of others i think that one of the dangers we saw in this eclipse is the venus jupiter neptune pile up mars too we may be really, you know, having a fantasy of what we want to achieve. Mm -hmm. And if, if we get a reality check from that overcoming Saturn, you know, we may get a little upset about it. And I think this is trying to, you know, reel us in a little bit. What, what do you, what do you think about that? Those dragons fighting in the meadow.
1: Took a, took an ominous turn. I I was like, yes, I'm fine with that. That is energy. And then this one's like, Oh,
0: right. It was surprising. It was the one, the one kind of like divinatory thing that was like, "Hmm, okay, keep an yeah. keep eye on that, right?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, choosing your battles is important, um, yeah. because you don't want to get in, un- into unnecessary conflict. And, you know, coming back to Taurus being the cow, being a cow. Um mm-hmm. yeah cows are very sentient and emotionally intelligent creatures and they're quite social as well. And they find a way to get along and um, they create friendships. I don't know if you know about that, about, about cows, but they do, they have their friends, they have their people within their herd. And just like humans, there are people that you're probably not always going to get along with, but at the same time, like we don't see cows just out in the pasture, like, you know, fighting because essentially we're all in this together, right? We we're all eating from the same pasture, so to speak, we're all, you know, needing the same resources to survive and to live, which is sometimes, you know, the, the, the reminder of like life on earth. Right. So choosing our battles where if we're engaging in something where everyone's going to lose something to keep in mind. And I think that that's something that's also going to be coming back in through, um, that we're going to be experiencing with Mars and Uranus and the north node later this year of environmental shakeups and potential disasters and how that could have a ripple effect also into the collective and how are we working together to you know to deal with um survival like survival themes. Yeah. It sounds like a movie and like futuristic, but truly I mean there uh, someone shared with me on um social media the other day that they were at I don't know, target or Walmart, and there was a, a a mother that was visibly upset and crying because she couldn't buy formula. Mm-hmm. There was a very specific formula that her baby needed, and um, there there's, there was none available. And she'd been to a couple of different stores, and so being confronted with like basic needs of feeding and nourishing, you know, your family, um, again, really tourist stuff here how do we how do we reconcile that you know how do we deal with that meanwhile like there are people that have extreme access right yeah. they're just like out yeah. buying twitter and oh my god it's so scary <laughs> you know?
0: oh <laughs> don't get me started on that
1: yeah. <laughs> we'll save that yeah. for another time so there's, there's also this extreme um yeah. as well i don't know it's it's
0: 100 just- and and i think that one of the things that that I'll bring one last thing in here and in research for this, you and I were both looking at Deborah Holdings website and how she was talking about eclipses. Yes. And I want to read this because this, this, I don't want to end this on a bummer, but it's important to be realistic about what this could bring as well. Mm -hmm. Deborah holding on her website, skyscript.co, I think is the website says eclipses and Taurus affect business trade grand buildings agriculture and men such as solicitors and agents who negotiate in others affairs they threaten high mortality for oxen cows and horses so and it they also represent russia ireland switzerland cyprus and persian of course russia's been in the news so it's interesting that we we'll wonder what we'll see potentially with that but but maybe like disruptions in supply chains potentially maybe disruptions in the 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 beef industry or something of that nature could also be a possible manifestation. Um, we are dealing with rising inflation in America, and we're dealing with rising interest rates and all those things. And um, it may be with that Saturn overcoming uh, square, it may be a time actually to to consolidate and not overshoot the mark, right? And, and save a little bit for a rainy day and anticipate these changes. Because I think we're coming to unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know, whatever the perspective, but we're dealing with late stage capitalism, we're dealing with the Pluto return of America and and some reckoning about how we deal with our resources. And there is uh, there's some changes that may be coming uh, for everyone. Right?
1: Yeah, yeah. A lot of deregulation. Um, you know, especially with the financial markets. I think that's gonna continue to be really shaky, not even just with inflation, but you know, the stock market, the housing yeah, market. Yeah. I mean, hello, you and I are dealing with that. Yeah, it's <laughs> you insane. know, it is, it's crazy. Yeah. And I and it's it's not just the United States. I have a lot of clients in Australia and their housing market is is equally challenging. And I know there are people in this community too, from different parts of the world that can also probably speak to supplies and resources. I mean, I just read in the news yesterday about Russia now cutting off um, oil to Poland. And I think there was in another country,
0: Um, Bulgaria, was that? Yeah. Well, no, it's Belarus. I don't
1: know. remember, but, you know, so there's, there's continued restriction. And I think it, it then comes back to our own personal experience and responsibility of conservation and, um, you know, what's our role to play here. And, you know, even in our general communities, again, picking our battles, like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we all are finding, trying to find a way to survive. And so how are we going to cooperate and make, you know, make sure that we can all eat from the pasture or, you know, are, you know, are we going to pick battles that are ultimately going to put everyone in a losing situation?
0: Yeah. Well stated, Hannah. And I think that what we're really looking for is the balance between personal centeredness and being able to, to take care of ourselves to feel calm and peaceful and practice self-care versus the communal responsibility that we have for one another as well. Mm-hmm. I, I find on many metaphysical channels, there's a extreme focus on, you know, self-care and getting what you want and manifestation. But the communal responsibility part is less uh, talked about and I think that we're coming to a period of time and in history where both of those things are important. Yes. The more that you're centered, the more, the better decisions that you might make that will contribute to the, to the whole, and also taking a wider viewpoint. This is why I, I love this community we have. It's international. Yeah. It's not just us Midwesterners you know, talking. <laughs> we're, we're talking with people. In,
1: over Football teams Yeah. yeah. Right?
0: We're talking about, we're talking with people in Europe and Australia and like yeah. all sorts of different places of the world and starting to think, starting to build these relationships with people like that helps us to to see that our choices affect not only our personal communities but there that there is people that are affected by our own choices a thousand three thousand four thousand miles away and how do we how do we balance that out how do we humanize that rather than having it be just this abstraction and so again i want to just say how grateful i am for all of you for bringing that perspective here to us as well. It is yeah. so valuable. And I hope that we're maybe just creating more peace and world peace <laughs> with our tiny little actions, you know, our, our peace treaties here, you're, you're you're really, um you're speaking to the heart of, of our Taurus and Libra yeah. placements that we have and, and how much joy that brings us. Mm-hmm. I would assume Hannah for you as well being able to, to have that worldly perspective. So
1: yeah, I'm an 11th house moon. So, yeah. you know, I, I really feel um, what other people and other communities are going through. And I, and I definitely want to help to try to be, a, you know, a voice or a, a support to those problems, but also to celebrate when we're, you know, experiencing those joys too. Um, yeah,
0: and, I, and that's a good point because it's easy to get overwhelmed by the negativity that we're seeing in the world and the challenges we're going through. It's yes. important to acknowledge them and not ignore them, but also find time to have some joy too, so that your hope can inspire the the, the masses as well. Because yeah. there's not, there's nothing more powerful than enthusiasm and hope to me. You know, yeah. If we can bring that spirit to these challenges and think about them as just challenges, right? That where we come together, man. That's man. That's when we're going to be so powerful as a community and as a as a global community. Um, yeah. So Hannah, this was wonderful. Thank you so thank you. much for for awesome. being uh, in the bullpen here and being able to be called on in the ninth inning to close it out. It's That's a wonderful great. trait that you have.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: And thank you, everyone that participated in the chat today. Again, Hannah, you have uh, some Akashic record. Uh, Readings or or yep. things that you're doing, right?
1: Yeah, I'm going to be opening those back up for June. So if you're interested in having one of those sessions with me, get on my email list. Um, I'll probably post something on Instagram. I'm very active over there as well. And in the meantime, I do offer um, you know astrology readings as well. So
0: and there's a link to Hannah's website in the description of this video, divineskymystic.com. dot uh, com. Again, sign up for the the Decans of Taurus on May the 14th. Please join me for that. Uh, as you are all, we're seeing there is a book a book club that is percolating, gestating within within me that will be born soon. Keep your eyes peeled for that. In the meantime, go out and order Demetra George's uh, Astrology in the, and uh, Ancient Astrology and Theory and Practice, Volume Two, and we will work on that together as a group. But go get the book first, and then we'll figure out how to meet up as a group to to go through it guided and together. Um, and again please hit the like button. Please subscribe to the channel. Leave me a comment if you're listening afterwards as well. Thank you so much for all the support that you've all been giving me throughout some of the challenges I've been going through with my my recent loss. So I really want to say thank you to all of you who have been reaching out and giving me uh, support and boosting my spirits. It means so much to me. Um, So thanks again, everyone. That's what I've got for you today remember just to be kind to one another, please, and be kind to yourself. And we'll get through this time together and embrace that change. Okay. All right, my friends, take care. Thank you, Hannah.
1: You're welcome.